Fantasy football fans, this is Jeff Power, senior writer for Real Time Fantasy Sports. Welcome to another edition of the Real Time Fantasy Sports podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis has been on the show several times. He's a coworker of mine, does a great job. We're going to help you get ready for week 10 of the fantasy football season. Before I get to my interview with Curtis, though, I did want to tell you that you can get in daily leagues here at Real Time Fantasy Sports. Just go to rtsports.com, click on the daily link at the top of the page, head into the draft log- lobby, get in a daily league today. You can get in NFL daily games or NBA daily games. We have different price points, all different formats you can sign up for. Go to rtsports.com, click on the daily link, or you can even download our app. Very easy to do from your phone. Sign up for a daily league on your phone, download the app, Real Time Fantasy Sports Daily. And you can get in a daily league just like that right on your app, anywhere you are with your phone. Now, here's my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. And I'm joined once again by Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. Curtis, thanks so much for being on the podcast with me once again. Of course. Glad to be here, Jeff. Curtis, we're going to delve into week 10 here, get everybody ready for the week ahead. We're also going to talk about the news, the fantasy news of the week. I think the big fantasy news is Des Bryant signs with the Saints, finally signs with the team. I want to get your thoughts on that. Uh, how do you think Bryant's going to do the rest of the way? I think for the Saints um, as a team, it's, it's probably a good pickup. They haven't got a lot of production out of their receivers other than Michael Thomas, of course. So I like the move for them, but as far as um, fantasy relevance, I just I don't think it's very exciting Personally, unless you're in a pretty deep league, uh, I probably want to really mess with Des Bryant. I think you know, they already have a good thing going. Um, the offense rolls around their talented backfield and Michael Thomas. Um, how long is it going to take Bryant to get familiar with a pretty complex offense and develop chemistry with, with Drew Brees? So, uh, yeah, Sean Payne is going to scheme up some certain red zone looks and, and quick passes probably for Bryant, and I think that will be good, but volume-wise, I just don't know if there's enough there. I can see him being very touchdown dependent, so that's why I'm a little nervous to to add him for any of my fantasy teams. Yeah, I totally agree with the touchdown dependent statement. I do think he'll be a touchdown dependent player in that offense. Could be boom or bust from week to week. I do think he's worth adding if you have the bench spot, but I wouldn't just throw him your, throw him, throw him in the lineup. Uh, you know, he he's looked like he's slowed down a little bit in recent years. He hasn't played a down yet this season, and, you know, coming in cold like this, like you said, have to learn a new offense. But his red zone numbers have always been good. He has three seasons with double-digit touchdowns. So the potential is there in a very good offense to score some touchdowns. So I like that part, but I think he could be boomer bust. Like you said, I'm I'm just not sure the volume is going to be there in this offense with so many weapons. The good news is that Bryant's heading heading into a situation where there's some banged-up receivers, so he could get some playing time right away just – I would just temper my expectations a little bit. Don't expect it to be the Des Bryant as prime. So now, Curtis, I wanted to ask you, you know, we're heading into kind of the home stretch here, week 10 of the season. I want to look at maybe a a player or two that you think could just have a big finish to the season, maybe somebody that that hasn't performed to where most thought to date. But is anybody out there you're like, wow, this guy's going to really finish strong and be a big-time difference maker for fantasy teams? Yeah, uh, two guys I was looking at. Um, first one, Eagles wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. Um, this one for me, honestly, is a little bit of a gut feeling, but I, I do believe Philly is capable of a pretty big run. Um, 
for the second half of the season. I think they'll definitely make a push for the playoffs. So uh, the addition of Golden Tate, you know, yes, Tate can potentially steal some targets and catches away from Alshon Jeffrey, but at the same time, I think it opens up the offense as a whole, and that could prevent or, I'm sorry, allow some big play opportunities for Jeffrey, especially in the red zone. Obviously, he's a big red zone target. So I like him, you know, Maybe he hasn't lived up to expectations to where you might have drafted him in the beginning of the season, but I, I could still see him as a high-end flex or a low-end wide receiver two value. Um, and then the second guy who uh, evidently we both agree on is Titans running back Deion Lewis. Um, you know, he's done pretty good as of late and going looking forward six of his last eight games, um, matchup against defenses that – ranked 13th or lower against opposing running backs. So some favorable favorable matchups there. Um, he's averaging over 15 touches a game this season, and he scored over 20 points in each of his last two games. So I think the gap between Lewis and, and Derrick Henry just continues to widen, and you can see the Titans being creative and trying to get Lewis the ball in a variety of ways. So I like him uh, probably as a solid number two running back going forward. Yeah, I like Lewis a lot. I think he's set up for a big finish uh, for many of the reasons you said. So he, he excites me a lot. Another running back that does is Dalvin Cook. Cook just been a bust for fantasy teams to date just because he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I know a lot of people had huge expectations for him. Took him at the end of the first or early second round in most drafts. So, you know, to date, he's probably killed killed many of those fantasy teams that drafted him. But if you're still alive in the playoffs, I like I like for him to have a big finish. Last week, finally returned to action. He had limited, limited touches in that game. Still had 109 total, total yards on just 14 touches. He has 13 receptions in four games this year, so he's getting the work in the passing game besides just being a runner in that offense. And we all saw what Latavius Murray did the last few weeks when he was starting in that Minnesota offense. And Cook is a much better player overall than Murray, and Murray was producing at almost a top-10 clip for fantasy teams at running back. So, I'm really excited to see what Cook can do the rest of the way. Just hope he can stay healthy. If he does that, I'm expecting really big things from Cook uh, the rest of the way this season. So on the flip side of that, Curtis, anybody right now you're looking at that maybe you're like, man, I just don't think things are going to end well for them, you know, for various reasons. Uh, anybody out there in that, you know, on the flip side of what we just talked about? Yeah, so um, first and probably the most disappointing my eyes has been the Patriots tight end uh, Rob Winkowski. He's been marred by some injuries to this point, you know, kind of like Dalvin Cook, just hasn't really lived up to expectations so far this season. Uh, I think going forward, you know, looking at the Patriots' schedule, uh, at least in my, by my estimation, uh, they have a pretty soft schedule. You know, I think five of the seven games that they have, they should be very favored in. So um, because of that, I could see the Patriots being pretty conservative with Winkowski and either limiting the amount of snaps he gets or just resting them all together, you know, of course, depending on um, when they clinch their playoff berth and things like that. So, um, you know, if, if things turn around and it looks like he's fully healthy later in the season, then great. But, you know, at this point, I don't think that you can rely on him for consistent number one tight end production, probably like he drafted him for. And then uh, second guy I have is Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky. Um, he's been – you know, really great so far in the first half of the season, but a big concern I have is just lack of consistency in his home versus away splits. He's averaging 15 more points um, at home versus on the road. Has some tough matchups, two against the Vikings, one against the Rams coming up. So 
he's still probably a high number two quarterback going forward, but you know, if you're going in the fantasy playoffs and he's your only quarterback on the roster, I'd be a little concerned because um he's probably not as valuable, you know, when he's on the road at, um in those matchups. For me, Curtis, Adrian Peterson. It's been a huge shock to me. Can't believe he's played this well to date. He's actually twelfth overall in fantasy running back scoring. I did not see that coming. A lot of his owners either picked him up on the waiver wire or drafted him very late, so they've really it's really paid off for them getting him, but I'm just not expecting good things for him down the stretch. Last week, he had a good matchup against the Falcons, but he ran nine times for just 17 yards. And, you know, that wasn't just the first time he's done that this year. It's three games with fewer than 25 rushing yards. I know his other totals have been very good much of the year, but he's had some games where he's just been a bust. And what hurts him is he just doesn't catch the ball. He has 12 catches all year. So if he doesn't get those rushing yards, it's not going to be good for him. And I don't like his schedule much the rest of the way. He plays the Cowboys, the Eagles twice, the Titans, Jaguars. So that's a tough schedule for Peterson. We all know his age. We all know his wear and tear through the years. I know he keeps himself in great shape. But you just have to wonder if he's going to slow down at this stage of his career. So I'm not expecting big things from him the rest of the way. So hopefully if you had him, you still have good options to use on your bench in case he does flop, which wouldn't surprise me at all. So now now a guy that's also been a bust to date is Leonard Fournette. He's going to return this week, most likely. I just wanted to know, I've I've gotten a lot of questions about him, what to expect this week. I wanted to know what your expectations are for him, uh, for Leonard Fournette in this this first game back from being off for a long time because of injury. Yeah, at least for the first week, um, I would be a little cautious. I can certainly, um, I would still probably be comfortable putting him in my lineup, but I would expect kind of flex or uh, number two running back numbers, um, just because they might try to use him in, you know, with the workload. I don't know that they want to dump 20 carries on him right away, but at the same time, going forward, as long as he looks good this week, I necessarily would expect his workload to increase, and uh, I think he has some nice matchups, some favorable uh, games coming up. You know, obviously Blake Bortles has struggled um, with Jackson. Also, I can see, you know, the Jaguars trying to protect Bortles and put a lot more effort into the run game. So I, I'd be okay with Fernandez in your lineup uh, this week. Again, maybe a little lower expectations, but I think he has a good outlook on forward. Yeah, I would lower my expectations for this week a little bit and maybe not use him as that number one back. But I would consider him a number two back. I, I don't think he would return if they didn't think he could carry the load. So might not get his full workload as he's used to, but I think he'll get a good amount of work. He has a pretty good matchup against the Colts. So I feel pretty good about using him as a number two back or flex play. And like you said, I think he's set up for a good finish as long as he can stay healthy. We know that Jaguars team has been a disappointment to the date, but I think it's been a, a big reason that it's been Fournette being off the field. He really makes that offense click. So, if he's out there, he's going to get the work, and and I expect good things from him. Hopefully, again, just like Dalvin Cook, uh, he can stay healthy because he could be a difference maker for fantasy teams down the stretch. So the last guy, another disappointment, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, there's all sorts of reports. He had the upside-down tweet last night. Not sure what that was all about. Pretty crazy. Uh, I just wanted to get your gut feeling on him. Do you think he's going to play it all this year, or do you think that fantasy owners should just write him off? Uh, I mean, based on what we know so far, obviously he left Miami, um, you know, where he was trending for the first half of the season and 
seems like he's back in Pittsburgh. Oh, looks like there was a photograph that leaked online that had him at a gym in Pittsburgh. So I assume that means he has every intention. You know, he has to sign the franchise under by next Tuesday. Um, or else if he missed not like a good chunk of money. Um, so I would think that he's, that's why he's there. That's why he flew back to Pittsburgh. But even if he does play again, I just don't know what the expectation should be. You know, James Conner continues to be, um, thriving in the Pittsburgh offense. So I don't know that the Steelers will risk, you know, disrupting that flow that they have going on by, by really giving Bo a lot of looks and snaps on the offense, you know. It's unknown if he even will play, and if he does, I don't think that you can have too high expectations if he's on the field. Yeah, at this point, I'm just not counting on him returning. It's just kind of hard to believe. I don't, I don't think anyone saw this coming, and it's been a huge disappointment for all his owners. It likely took him with the first, second, or third pick in their draft. Just been a huge bust and likely killed a lot of those teams uh, because of this holdout. And at this point, I just I, I don't know if he's going to play. And it, it's crazy to me that. There's also reports that they, he was spotted playing basketball, which is just nuts. This is a guy that could be making, you know, a hundred million dollar contract next year, and the, sign that in the offseason. He's playing basketball. He gets hurt, you know, tears Achilles or something like that, hurts his knee, then he loses all that money. So it's just nuts that he's doing that, in my view. So I don't know what's going on with the guy this year, but I just would not count on him returning, in my view. I mean, you have to hold on to him. The good news is at least we'll know next week what happens to him. So that that's the only positive in this situation, that we'll have some clarity next week. Hopefully it's good news for those Bell owners, but I, I just wouldn't get my hopes up if I were a Bell owner, unfortunately. So now let's talk about week, week 10. Curtis, the waiver wire, let's talk about that now first. Uh, who do you like out there on the waivers this week? A couple options for us. Man, two guys I was targeting. Um, one, um, Chris Carson owner, running back uh, Seahawks for the Seahawks. So, um, knowing that he's been kind of dealing with a nagging hip injury and, and saw limited action last week, I went ahead and picked up running back Mike Davis. Um, Davis has done good when he's gotten a chance. Anytime he's gotten 12 or more carries, he's gotten at least 15 fantasy points and. He also had seven receptions last game, so he shows he's capable in the passing game. You know, if there's any hesitation with Chris Carson this week, uh, Davis will obviously be the first guy up and see the bulk of the carries. Uh, another guy that a lot of teams seem to be targeting is Cardinals wide receiver Christian Kirk. Um, he actually quietly leads the Cardinals in receiving yards right now, averaging about 13 fantasy points in his last six games. Seems to be the favorite target of Josh Rosen to this point. So, um, Carl's made a switch at O coordinator. Byron Leftwich has been calling plays, I think, the past two, two, three weeks. And, and since then, there's, there's been some growth and some promise. So I, I like Christian Kirk going forward. Yeah, who ever thought the Seahawks would be able to run the ball? That's been a huge issue for them. But man, they, they've looked pretty good running the ball this year. I like that Davis, uh, suggestion. Curtis, for me, I'll give you a running back, Elijah McGuire. He returned last week from his uh, from injured reserve, been out all year, but he finally came back. He was heavily involved in his first game back. He had seven carries for 30 yards, also caught three passes for 37 yards, so that's seven touches for 67 yards. He could end up being that top change of pace back for the Jets for the rest of the year. Isaiah Crowell hasn't exactly done a ton with his chances, so McGuire could even – you know, start to eat into his work a little bit. He's available in 74% of leagues. So I'd go grab him if you're looking for some running back depth. I think he could be a factor the rest of the way. Another guy for me is uh, Adam Humphreys with Tampa Bay. Just 
not getting any respect despite his recent recent good fortunes uh in that Bucks high powered passing game. He's still available in ninety five percent of leagues, which is kind of crazy to me. He had his best game of the season last week, caught eight passes for eighty two yards. But he's done well, you know, lately. This hasn't been a you know, one game flash in the pan type thing. He has fifteen catches for 158 yards his last two games and at least four receptions for five games. So he's getting his work, does a great job out of the slot. We know the Bucks pass the ball a ton, so I like him as a waiver wire addition for fantasy teams. He's available in a lot of those leagues out there, so if you need some receiver help, I would consider Humphreys. So now let, how about a hot play this week, a couple hot plays, Curtis? Anybody you really like a lot that you uh, think is a must-play for all those fantasy teams? Uh, yeah, someone who caught my attention last week, he had a, a really big game, two receiving touchdowns as running back Kevin Coleman for the Falcons. Um, I don't own Coleman in any league, so looking at his numbers, I was actually surprised. He's currently ranked number 11th in total running back scoring, so I feel like he's kind of quietly having a pretty solid season, um, getting a lot of playing time, of course, with Devontae Freeman injured. So I like him. Their uh, Falcons go up against Cleveland, who will allow the fourth most points to opposing running backs this season, so I think that's a good matchup for Coleman. And another guy, um, which probably most people are aware of, is Tyler Boyd. Uh, he come, becomes the top target in Cincinnati. A.J. Green announced that he will be missing a few weeks with a toe injury. Um, also, the Saints, the Bengals opponent this week, will have the most points to receivers in terms of fantasy. So, Boyd's already been on like a top you know, 12 to 15 wideout this season, but um, as far as long as A.J. Green's out, he definitely moves into that number one wide receiver status. Yeah, I had Coleman on my hot list too, Curtis. I'll give you a different running back, though. Uh, Joe Mixon, another Cincinnati player, I guess we're targeting them because of that favorable matchup against the Saints. That's who they play this week. They're 25th overall defensively, allowed 27.2 points per game. So I think Mixon could be heavily involved. Like you said, A.J. Green's out. So I think that could be, mean even more work for Mixon, maybe a few more targets in the passing game, maybe a few more carries as uh Andy Dalton's missing his favorite target. So I like Mixon a lot to do well. He had his first 100-yard rushing game last week. So that was encouraging to me. And he also has 20-plus fantasy points, three of six games. So he's produced well, had some big games. I think he'll do well again this week. Another hot play for me is Carson Wentz with the Eagles. He's really rounded in the form maybe even quicker than I expected. He's looked very well the last several games. Now he gets Golden Tate, another weapon passing game. Wentz has multiple touchdowns, five straight games, also has three 300-yard games during that stretch. So done very well, producing big numbers, and he gets a Cowboys team this week that was just torched by Marcus Mariota and a pretty mediocre Titans defense last week. So I think that bodes well for Wentz to continue his hot play and have another strong showing in Week 10. On the flip side of that, uh, how about some sits, Curtis, some cold plays for this week? Anybody you want to you're suggesting that uh, fantasy owners should leave on their benches for Week 10. Yeah, someone I'm very likely avoiding is uh, Colts wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. Um, Colts are starting to find uh, some rhythm in the running game, and they continue to deploy multiple tight end sets. So um, just the overall opportunity hasn't been there for T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's only seen an average of five targets the past three games. Of course, not someone who typically needs a lot of volume to be productive. He definitely has that kind of big play ability. Um, but at the same time, you're not seeing enough consistency to feel comfortable, and he comes into an extremely tough matchup against Jacksonville this week. So um, probably looking for better options there. 
And someone else that um, well hasn't been bad is Rams quarterback Jerry Goff. Uh, they're playing the Seahawks. Seahawks allowed the fewest points to opposing quarterbacks this year. And his first matchup with the Seahawks earlier this season, Goff only got about 15 and a half fantasy points and just one passing touchdown. So um, if you don't have any other options, if Goff's your only quarterback, then I, I still think he's okay. I, I think he'll be, you know, mid-quarterback two status probably. But if you have a deeper bench and you can afford it, uh, I may look to stream a quarterback this week and, and look for uh, someone with a little softer matchup. I have two quarterbacks on my cold place play for our listeners out there. One of them probably not surprised, but the other one probably might surprise a lot of a lot of uh, you listeners out there. First one, Matthew Stafford. He had his worst game of the season last week. That was his first time without a touchdown all year. Threw for just 199 yards. He had little time to throw behind an offensive line that was just terrible last week. He got sacked 10 times in that game. Stafford's actually cooled off since a hot start, has fewer than 220 passing yards three or four games. So he's really cooled off, and now he plays the Bears. They're 12th against a pass. They allow just 19.1 points per game. So I don't like Stafford much this week. Another quarterback, I know you're going to say, Jeff, what are you thinking? You're crazy. You're losing it. But Tom Brady, uh, I know you never want to bet against Brady, but you just can't ignore his production lately. He has just one touchdown his last two games and one or no scores three or four games. So he's been – Really, really mediocre for his standards. Plays the Titans this week, a team that allows the fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. I know it's hard to bench Brady, but if you have some good options out there uh, as a backup, I would strongly consider them. I know a lot of times people just plug Brady in and play him no matter what. But I think this is a week that you might want to consider somebody else uh, if you have a good streaming option for Week 10. I, again, I know it's hard to bet, bet against Brady, but I, I just can't ignore his production of late. Hasn't done a whole lot for all those fantasy owners out there. Now a couple sleepers, Curtis. Who do you have maybe that might surprise some fantasy owners in Week 10? Yeah, the first guy um, I have is Bears running back Jordan Howard. Um, mentioned Matthew Stafford, so Bears-Lions this week. Lions have allowed the six most rushing, rushing yards to date. Um, I talked earlier about Trubisky splits home versus away. Um, it's a home game, luckily, for Chicago. So if, if the Bears do get off to a hot start in this game, um, they could be looking to control the tempo and the clock as the game goes on. Um, you know, we touched on Howard a little bit last week and talked about game flow. And I think that's probably, you know, Howard's very dependent on game flow. Uh, he's gotten at least 14 fantasy points the past two games. That's because the Bears have been in control and held the lead throughout each of those games. So, um, as long as the Bears get off to a hot start, which I would probably expect them to, I think Howard's probably the biggest beneficiary of that. And then on the flip side, uh, actually the opposite number for Howard is Lions running back Theo Riddick. Um, you know, he talked about Stafford being under pressure, um, not maybe having a great game. I could totally see that, but I think, you know, at the same time, if he is under fire, he's probably looking to check down and get the ball out quick, and Theo Riddick could be a big beneficiary of that. So, um if the Bears get ahead quick, Lions could be trying to play catch-up, passing a lot. Um, both LeGarrette Blunt and Karrion Johnson, the other Lions running backs, are on the injury report right now. So that could mean an extended role for Riddick this week. Yeah, Riddick returned last week from injuries the first time in a few weeks and had seven catches, so that's encouraging. I like that suggestion with him. A couple sleepers for me, Curtis. I'll go with the Browns quarterback, Baker Mayfield. Kid his third straight multiple touchdown game last week. Three of seven games with 290-plus passing yards. His numbers have been very consistent in the starting role. He has four games with 20-plus fantasy points. So 
he's been a good play, a good spot play, and I like his chances for another good game this week against Atlanta. They allow the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, so I think Mayfield will do well in this one. Good streaming option for all those fantasy owners out there. And another uh, sleeper for me for this week is Chiefs running back Spencer Ware. I know it's never a sure thing with him because of Kareem Hunt gets a ton of work, but Ware's been getting getting a few more chances in recent weeks. He has more than 80 total yards two of the last three games. He had a season-high four receptions for 69 yards last week, and I know we talked about game flow a lot recently, Curtis, but again, with this game, playing Arizona, I could see the Chiefs getting up big in this one, sitting Hunt, giving Ware a little more work. So I like Ware maybe as a, a flex play. We, you, we have a lot of teams on a bye again this week. Sometimes uh, injury as well is a factor. So if you're looking for some running back help, I, I definitely would give Ware a look against Arizona, who allows the second most fantasy points to running backs for the season. Curtis, great stuff. Uh, appreciate you coming on as always, and good luck in uh, all your games this week. Appreciate it. Thank you. Always a pleasure, Jeff, and I hope to talk to you soon. And that was my interview with Curtis Guzman of Real Time Fantasy Sports. I want to thank Curtis for doing a great job on the podcast once again, and I want to wish everyone the best of luck in Week 10 of the fantasy football season. Hope you win all your games this week. This has been Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.